This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. The 2021-22 campaign ended in heartbreak on the biggest stage with arguably the biggest failure that we've seen in years. But we have to look beyond that 15 minutes of hell. We have to look beyond that one game. We have to look at the season as a whole. Because if there's anything that this season has taught us, it's that you should never stop believing. From second bottom after 14 games with injuries and suspensions coming out of our ears to charging down the top three and finishing in the playoffs with arguably one of the strongest squads we've seen in years. This season really has had lots of twists and turns and lots of memorable moments. Already our thoughts have started to turn to the next season and what could be. Could Mansfield Town go one better than the playoffs and seal automatic promotion? and get into League One after 21 years, 10 years after they were last promoted to the Football League. Tonight we'll have one final look at the 2021-22 campaign as we give you our end of season review. We'll delve into the highs, the lows, the twists and the turns and of course we'll take a look at the retain list and share our thoughts as Nigel Clough looks to build for the future. Plus, we'll reveal the results of our end-of-season awards show and put all of our panellists up against each other in the traditional end-of-season quiz. As always, we want you guys to come and have your say on your team, so if you're watching the live feed, get involved in the comments right now and share your thoughts for one final time. That's enough of me talking. Let's get this roller coaster of a show underway and celebrate what, on the whole, has actually been a season to remember for mainly the right reasons. Headed away by McLaughlin, and now Mansfield can come away because it's Reese Oates in possession through the centre circle. Reese Oates battling forward to the edge of the box. It's Reese Oates! What a goal! What a goal! It's Reese Oates! And it is magic from Roadrunner Reese Oates, who split open Colchester United and sent three defenders. Ha! Watch this! Bang! 1 0. Well, here we are. Good evening and welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. And for the first time all season, 
we're all in the same room. This is absolute madness. Now, those of you who, who said uh, you never get five in this room, well, here we are. Well, here we are. We've managed to get five in the room. And if only we're sat here, we were sat here talking about promotion and, and League One next season. But as it is, you know, we're talking about another season in League Two. We did our reaction show to Wembley. So tonight it's all about recapping the last season and uh, having a bit of fun on the way as well. We'll have the Mansfield Matters End of Season Awards and, of course, the traditional end of season quiz where there are a prize. There is a prize on offer. Yes, we've got these. A packet of custard creams because, as we know, they are whose favourite biscuit? Anybody? Anyone know whose favourite biscuit these are? No, 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 not mine, no, 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 no. Any ideas, Cam? No, any ideas whose favourite biscuit these were? No, right, there you go. That is going to come up later on in the quiz, so you better get your thinking caps on. Just as a reminder, gentlemen, to uh, have the microphones switched on, please. Thank oh, you very yeah. much. There we go. I know we are. We do forget that we're in the same room together, so we can hear each other without microphones, but the people at home will need uh, the microphones to talk. So, uh, where do we start? Well, this is a, uh, we're, it is a really rare, rare occasion for us all to be in the same room, um, but we are. Um, First and foremost, I think we've got to start with you, Nathan, and, and that is, have Mansfield, or have you, as a Stags fan, got over last Saturday afternoon yet? Give me straight. Oh, that'll do. Uh, yeah, yeah come on, hold it for yeah, you, mate. Yeah, Don't worry. Like, like it does when you go to the loo, no, it's, it's all fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's we obviously reflected after the game, didn't we, a little bit more about the Wembley as a whole. Um, I think I got over it pretty quickly. I think the, the the fact that we were down ten men after after such short time and two 0 down, uh, I think I was in acceptance that we probably weren't gonna gonna win that game. So it was uh, one of those where I just reflecting on the season as a whole, and um, you know, although it eventually ended in in disappointment uh, at the final hurdle, we'd had a for me, you know, a really memorable season leading up to that point with a lot of games that you know I think over in years to come will be. Thinking back and putting those down as uh, you know great memories and great days out. I think that's one thing we've got to remember as we do this, Cam, isn't it? The fact that as a whole, this season's been one hell of a ride, no matter which way you look at it. Yeah, you, you can't think of a, another season where we've been been in such a bad shape going into November. You think November, December, January, your business times of the season because you've got a backlog of fixtures because regardless of whoever you play, you'll end up with some postponed games over that period because that's when the weather sets in. Well, obviously, we had COVID over the over December, so that put January's fixtures at, um, at like just a massive um, pile-up. And then the fact that we had a decent FA Cup run as well, that also builds. And, and you just look at it going into that period, you think, this is going to be an awful season. We'd, we'd not won in 14 and it was just thinking like, is this going to get worse? And then Sunderland away, same as last season, just kind of sparked it all and off we went and we didn't look like losing again. So crazy, crazy season. Now you two have obviously done, I think this is your fifth uh, end of season review now. Alan and Clive, both of you, it's been... Uh, it's a new process uh, for you doing these uh, end-of-season reviews. As you reflect it, as you were thinking about it in the car on the way over here, Alan, what were your overriding feelings on this season? It reminded me of uh, bad badminton horse trials. Just flick it on, mate. You can turn it on. Oh, there we go. 
Oh, yeah, carry yeah, on. Reminded me of Badminton Horse Trials. Helps if I turn these up, to be honest, There's isn't it? Quite a few, <laughs> quite a few time faults, quite a few four faults, quite a few refusals. Then we just fell at the last fence, basically. But a really good season. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Enjoyed the roller coaster ride with Nigel and the players we signed. You know, the the new players. I don't think altogether that the new players really gelled and helped us, if that makes sense. Because when we'd got Clark, Lapsley, Maris and Quinn, we seemed to be flying. And when Murphy and uh, Longstaff came in, Longstaff fair play got, got, got quite a few goals, but it just seemed to upset the balance a little bit for me. But on the whole, a very good season and really looking forward to next season. Let's delve, Clive, into uh, the players who came in uh, in the summer. We'll talk about January when we get there, but... Nigel Clough, when you look look back at it, actually had a bit of a job to do anyway because he, he had to rebuild a squad. Obviously, when he first came in, he had to get rid of some some dead wood. And the people that he brought in in the summer, you know, came with some some real promise. Yeah, and I think you can't blame any manager for wanting to recruit players he knows well. Um, it doesn't always work out, and I'm with Alan on this one. I don't think the, the winter acquisitions added an awful lot. But, of course, the reasons for getting them was we were short of people in key positions. And that had been the reason we kept slipping up in, in vital games. Nobody beat us heavily, but we just had that mistake in our team for every game. And on some days, it cost us. Mm, it certainly did. As always, want you guys at home to have your say uh, on your team. So feel free to get involved in the comments and uh, let us know your thoughts on the season as a whole at certain points uh, in the show. Simon's been in touch and says, hope you aren't looking uh, any further than Oaks versus Colchester for goal of the season. Well, we'll wait and see uh, later on in the show for the Mansfield Matters um, awards. We'll reveal the winners uh, later on, where I'm sure the prize that they'll get is a coveted tweet from Nathan Edge. Um, Alan, I'm going to come back to you and talk a little bit about the the pre-season now, because in terms of you know us being sat here now in, in the room, it's great you know to be socialised. We're going out for a bit of a meal after this as well to have a bit of time together. We've we've barely done this over the course of the season, but of course, twelve months ago to even have a, had that thought in your head would have been in, in wrong in some ways. But let's not forget that this is the season actually which actually brought us back together as a collective as fans, and I think that's a real key thing to take away from it. It is Craig, and uh, I was uh, fully. Uh... What's the word I'm after? I was fully appreciative, probably, of the word of that, because we haven't always had that. Like we've said before, when it was the lockdown, I was the really lucky to be able to see, you know, all the matches and whatever and got to know quite a few of the players. But a good pre-season, you know, out uh, with other signings and whatever, it brought us on nicely. And I thought, you know, at the right at the start of the season, it looked good. DJ looked quite good. You know, we did the well in the first three, got seven points out of nine, and everything looked good. And then it <laughs> that just fell away a little, but uh, it all came good in the end. It's just that final hurdle, Craig. You know, that's yeah. the that's the that's the that's the lasting thing, but it's gone now. Yeah, we look forward to twenty twenty three. Yeah, we certainly do. And uh, I'm just going to go back to a second, Cam, for talking about that first game. Obviously, Retford was the very first one in pre-season when we absolutely just turned them over and were scoring goals for fun. Didn't matter about the result that night at all. It was all about just being back together. But even better than that was actually back in the one-course stadium. You know, we'd had a home pre-season game, but the, the, the best one of all was the Bristol Rovers game on the opening day, wasn't it? Just to be back home after so long away, it, it felt so so good and there was no way we were ever going to lose that game yeah and then pre-season I think was 
for, for, on the record, it was probably my worst pre-season. I think I actually only ended up doing two games, and that was Matlock away. And yeah, but let's not forget in that in that time uh, in your personal life, you had a um, one-month-old child at that point. No, not even was, that. No, she was born. No, like what? Well, yeah, literally like two, she, three she weeks. She was yeah. born the day that we played full away. So yeah. obviously, I missed a lot of it, and it football was very much on like fourth, fifth, sixth choice for me at that point. So to to just to really get the feel for football again and to be that Bristol Rovers game was just fantastic and you could see that it was hopefully going to be a, a very good season for Mansfield we've got um, a side that didn't say die until the the final whistle went even even late into added on time players were still pushing forward and and when Callum Gordon drives down that side and gets that ball across it goes out for a corner and you're thinking could this be the moment could this be a different Mansfield town because usually we'd just be like oh we've got a corner and and nothing really happens it's, it's kind of a wasted opportunity but we, we made it count and we, and we get the penalty and and obviously DJ lifts the roof off of of one call stadium and and sends the Stags fans into absolute delirium and and then who'd have known that we'd have then gone on for a win a draw and then to not win in 14 Nobody saw that coming, but I think we just all appreciated the fact that we were able to be back. And yes, we were, like like these guys said, we weren't getting turned over and nobody beat us heavily. But I think we were just down in the dumps, the fact we were losing, but just appreciating the fact that we were there and, and, and living it. It's like what Adam uh, says in the comments, Nath, isn't it? As a warm weather pre-season friendly fan, this season dragged me from my settee on cold winter nights. The excitement returned like a little kid. And that's what I think as the season went on and progressed and snowballed, that's sort of, sort of what it gave us, isn't it? There was a spark at, at one point, wasn't there, where we actually thought, actually, no, this is brilliant. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, obviously, success on the pitch does that. It makes fans want to come in, and that's why this season we've seen ourselves get, uh, you know, the highest average attendance that we have in you know a very long time, a couple of decades. So, you know, and that's what we want. You want people... You know, bums on seats or preferably stood up in front of them cheering cheering the goals. So, you know, I think us um once we got over that difficult period of uh, and we've we've you know we've analysed it a lot throughout the season. It's mainly down to, you know, injuries, suspensions, things that some of it was out of our control. But once we did get through that difficult patch, I think uh, to react the way we did, you, you know, you probably wouldn't have expected a a reaction like that. It, you know, we we needed to turn it around, but you know, by God, did we turn it around in some style? And it was exciting. You think of games such as like even the games where you didn't necessarily expect to get anything, such as Exeter at home, Swindon at home, the really tough games against the the teams up there. We uh, we took you know, took took the sword to them. Yeah, it was uh, an interesting one. I'll come to a comment from Danny in a second. But Clive, I want to go to the start of that campaign because we came out flying. All right, we lost in, in, in the Cup as we probably knew we would against Preston anyway. But we had a great start in, in the league. We go to Colchester, third game of the season, Tuesday night. First away game as well. So we're really looking forward to that. We find a great chippy before the, the game, which excellent was excellent chippy. chippy. Looking forward to going to that again next year. That's one uh, highlight of uh, losing at Wembley. Um, but... We're going really, really well. We get the goal through Elliot Hewitt thinking, you know what, we could be on something here. And then the curse of the referee starts to, to creep in. And, and from that moment, I don't know, coming away from that game, for me, they, they sense something a little bit in the air about injustice and uh, frustration start to creep in again. I'd forgotten what that was like to, to feel after so long away. Yeah, I mean, it was an unjust 
lost two points. The referee was completely wrong in his decision to award a penalty. Having said that, if we'd have scored a second goal, it wouldn't have mattered. And that's been my real frustration this season is we've not scored enough goals. And uh, and the best way of defending is to have a couple of goals in the pot. And we, we, we need, we've needed that extra goal on so many occasions this year. And when it hasn't been there, it's cost us points. But you're right, it was a disappointment because we played well. The game was in our pocket, albeit at 1-0. We never looked threatened by them. And then the referee decided to blow a fuse. But you're right. Thanks to Pete Wright for showing us the chip shop. It was excellent. Yeah, it was. I'm very looking, looking, very much looking forward to going there again. I'm salivating thinking about it. Uh, Danny has been in touch in the comments. Keep your comments uh, coming in. Have your say on your team. Anyone else not impressed with Cluffy or some of his signings? What does Aikens bring to the team? Yes, we made the playoffs after a massive run, but we had a 14-match losing streak. We have too many over 30s and Clough doesn't seem to trust anyone he hasn't signed or is over 30. I think the run was down to Perch and JJ and the team night out. Also, why have I released the likes of Ward and Sinclair? Shouldn't give them another year. There's a lot to digest in this, so let's split it up between uh, some of you. Alan, I'll start with you. Um, not impressed with Clough or some of his signings. What does Aikens bring to the team? I'll start with that one. Personally, I think the majority of the signings that we've made, other than Danny Johnson, have all paid off and been influential in some way, shape or form. I think Johnson's been unlucky to be hampered by injury and then just not getting the team. And that's probably explains why he's on the transfer list. We'll come to the retain list later on. Um, but in terms of signings, I think pretty much most of them have come in and made an impact. I can see why Aikens gets a lot of stick. But for me, I quite like him. I think he offers us something a little bit different. He's just a, he's not similar player to Barry, but he works as hard as Barry does. I think Barry's got the pace to go down the wing and beat a man, where Aikens hasn't particularly got that yet in his locker, I don't think, or he hasn't shown us that he's got it yet. He works incredibly hard, and he, you know, like we saw him at Newport, he had an unbelievable game that day. Mm. He worked really, really hard. And Playing I mean, out of position know, as well, wasn't he? Yes, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it just works hard for the team. But I can see why people, you know, because he's not, he hasn't scored 10 goals or whatever, you know, and he's not firing on all cylinders. But it works so hard for the team. And when we played against Northampton, I thought he really came to the fore. I mean, Hawkins was my man of the match then. But as for Murphy, he's shown in glimpses. His very first game, he looked quality, mm. really did. But then he like, slipped off a bit. And Longstaff, I just think it's just slightly upset the balance of the team when they came in. But, I mean, I'm not the manager. Yeah, I, I think with the Murphy one, Cam, I think that's a bit of an interesting situation because what a lot of people will not have realised is that Murphy was still living up in Scotland. He's got a young family, I think, of four kids? All young young, young kids, three or four kids. So, obviously, travelling home to see them, travelling down to train once or twice a week and then for games. Mansfield to Scotland, it's, what, it's not like nipping, you know, down the... Uh, down the A1 to Doncaster, is it? It's, it's, it's not. It's a difficult one to judge for Murphy. Obviously, he's been brought in and and you, you look at his past, you think, right, he's, he's brought, been brought in to, to score goals. And I don't, I don't necessarily think he has. I think his goal score is an, an attribute to his game, but I think it's just getting the ball forward and getting it into that dangerous area. Point proven with um, the... Oh, which goal was it? I can't remember which goal it was. Oh, um, Barry's goal. 
in the first leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. getting the ball in, drilling it across. Yes, it was a shot, but we got a goal about it. And it was just getting it in the right areas and, and just getting it towards goal. And I think when we've seen Mansfield teams play in the past, we've been maybe just been a little bit guilty of trying to walk the ball in instead of just having that pot shot or just getting the ball into the box with some pace and some power and just seeing what happens. Because Murphy's cross shot, whatever, to Bowery, that hits a defender. It's going in just because of the, the amount of pace and the amount of power on that ball. Keeper's got a leg to it. It's gone straight to Bowery. But, and then Bowery's jogging on the spot and just and just taps home, but he's there to do it. And I think maybe Murphy's coming to a, maybe a little bit of unjust criticism. Because I think, yes, he's had his poor games, but... I've, but his poor games have come when, across the board, he's been poor. And I think one game that sticks out for me was Carlisle away. It just seems his head dropped when his goal was very wrongly disallowed. And then you look at strikers and they feed off confidence and, and feed off goals. And I think that's just knocked his confidence. So I think we've not seen the full potential of some players, but we're not going to be able to see them now because obviously they're going back uh, to their parent club. And then Matty Longstaff. I think Matty's problem was the fact that he was playing in a very sought-after position. You've got Lapsley, Maris, Quinn, Clark. Uh, even John Joe could play in that midfield, and we've all, they've all got to play in that area. How can you make everyone happy when you've only got four places to fill? Three, in theory, because one of those positions is a, an attacking... Um, so, like in a false, like a, a number nine sort of role, and it's difficult to keep everyone happy and and putting out the good, the the best team you can without compromising other positions. I just, I think Clough's had a hard job to keep everyone happy, but making sure that we're able to win games. Let's talk about uh, what you mentioned in there, Nath, about uh, the fourteen match uh, losing streak, or to give it its proper title, the fourteen game run without a win, because it wasn't fourteen consecutive defeats. I think losing streak makes it sound a little bit worse than what it was. To be fair, um, you know what I think a lot of people may forget once they look back on this over the history books is the fact that within that spell we lose Quinn for six games, we lose Ollie Clark for three. We lose James Perch to injury. We lose other players through suspension and injury as well. We were literally at points playing square pegs in round holes. Yeah, and you you sort of look at the, some of the games in there as well. You, the Bradford at home, for example, like you know, it was an entertaining game, especially if he was a neutral. Uh, it was a game where we could have got something out. Swindon away, absolutely outplayed them. Uh, should have had a goal. Did, you know, <clears> Green <throat> went against us again. Um, you know, and ended up losing that one nil. So th- there was a lot of games in there where it very easily could have been just even one win would have made it look look a lot less of a bad run. But we can't, you know, we can't can't hide from, away from the fact it was a tough period. And come October, we were, you know, most of us were sat here. You know, I think if anyone said we we're going to get to the playoffs, you'd you'd have laughed. <coughs> so we was uh, worried about relegation, but there was reasons behind it. And I think I think this is why it's very easy. I think to sit here at the end of the season and say, oh, the you know, the January transfers, you know, hindered us more than helped us. But then actually you, you go in, you put yourself in that situation in January and Nigel Clough's probably thinking, hold on a minute, if I lose a couple of players like I did... Uh, Look at over um, Christmas where we're struggling to fill a bench. Yeah, exactly. So if I lose a couple of players like I did in October, you know, we, we could lose all this momentum that we, we've built. So he's got to bring some players in. So 
you know, and it's always it's always a difficult chance for a winner to do it. So, you know, although not every player hit the ground running when they came in, I, I don't think we had a choice. We needed to improve the numbers, and and I think the players that are, obviously we're going to come to the retain list, but the players we had in the building, the young players, mm. they were getting opportunities, but they just quite wasn't quite there, and you, you understood why the decisions were made that were made. Yeah, certainly so. I mean, another point was just like you look at Boxing Day. We were ravaged by COVID, and we, we what was it four subs that we named? I think it might have been less. We it played, might have been three. I'm going to check. Law played. Law started. Sinclair started. Uh, Ward, I think, played as well. And it was just a. a I was real, stripped ready. It was a real mashup of a team. So, yeah, but yeah, I think we lost Ryan Sturt due to COVID during that bad run yeah. as well. And I think Ryan Burke went out in, uh, with COVID as well. And. You got to think like at this at this point. Yes, we were still. If you got COVID, you still had to isolate at this point. Yeah, uh, we had footballers did. Uh, we named five stu- five subs, only four outfield. But the subs uh, used were Sinclair and James Gale. Um, uh, then unused, obviously Steck, Ryan Burke, and Keaton Warden. Uh, I mean, no disrespect to any of those uh, they, five they, players at all, but they're not Steck's good enough to a, to push us up. Yes, yeah, Steck. Well, you're not going to dislodge. Bishop, and then no offense to the rest of them, the kids. Yeah, and you look at you. Or you it's the same with you. Look at the the lineup as well. You know, Stokes, a young lad in his first season of football, really on loan, um, playing a little bit ill. Jason Law um, again needs a bit more, bit more time. It was very, very put together. I think that's the key point that we're trying to make in that fourteen game spell without a win, Clive. It's it's that thing of. There are circumstances behind it, and I think it's very harsh to sort of uh, to, to look at it and go, "No, nah, if it wasn't for that, we'd, we'd have been better." There's a lot of contributing factors. Yeah, it wasn't all down to the size of the squad, but I think that was the biggest problem: the size of the available squad during that critical period. Um, and I think because of that, and we saw in December how short we were of people, it was inevitable they were going to go out and get some some players, some loan players. They don't always work. And I think going back to uh, Murphy, I think that was a failed experiment. I, I can accept he had some positive attributes, but I don't think at the end of the day he replaced Good Lapsley. Mm. Um, I think um, the other players recruited in January, by and large, have been okay. But I, I thought it was all short termness rather than investment for the future. And I guess that's what tends to happen in these windows, especially with a team that's trying, a club that's trying to keep its its core uh, squad size minimal for financial reasons. Mm. And if you think back to the, the summer window, we all of a sudden found ourselves in, in, in a bit of a crisis because of injuries and suspensions. We went out and got players, quite honestly, we shouldn't have even bothered with. We got two players that were both injured for a start um, enough said about Narty. He was going to be my player of the season. But <laughs> so I think, you know, you can't blame any management team for going out and getting what's available. And that's the that's the thing. Are they available? If they're available, why? Mm. I'll yeah. leave that question in the air, if I may. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, yeah uh, a good one to uh, look upon. I have to say it in terms of transfers. I was a little bit disappointed with transfer deadline day in the, in the summer. I thought we we panicked a little bit, but we needed bodies in. And you know what? If they don't come in injured, you know, Forrester proved as, as he went on as he got fit that he was actually a good young defender. I think had he not got injured at the back end of his loan spell, he would have been extended in January. He would have been a good addition for us. Same in in some respects with 
with Narty, but um, we move on from uh, from that one. But I, I think, I don't know, the O'Toole one was the critical one. We'll come to that in a second. Let's just um, go through some more comments. Uh, Craig says, uh, more moment of the season, going back through the turnstiles and scaling our season tickets. What a season. Ups, downs, tears of joy from Alfie at Northampton, tears of heartbreak um, at Wembley. Laughter made, new friends, uh, most of all, memories made, as he says, we go again. Uh, Craig says, the second half of the season brought so much confidence. I agree, the 4th of January signing and the uh, the coping and um, the, the chopping and changing amongst the team didn't help. However, we made it with a huge chance to go up. Yes, we blew it, but we're in a good position for next season. Uh, Aikens over Bowery for me, quality and effort. Um Aiken has sometimes looked clumsy, but I think he will come good next season, says Craig. He also adds, we certainly need to improve our attacking next season, but we've had a number of players who've contributed to the score sheet over the uh, uh, score over the course of the season. Going back to the kids' comment, says Danny, isn't giving a uh, kid a chance better than signing a 34-year-old on a two-year contract? To clarify, I was on about Murphy and Aikens being disappointing. Also, now we don't have a keeper. That's a worry. It's not a worry because we've got about 75,000 weeks of the transfer window left. We, we literally ended the season a week ago and the leagues, you know, it, it's not set yet. It, it's not a worry yet. And we do have a keeper. We've got Owen Mason. So we, it's not all bad, but there you go. Uh, no, I appreciate that comment. I think um, for me, the kids had their opportunities to do it last year, Alan, and, and didn't necessarily shine. And I think, to be fair, at the start of the campaign, Tyrese Sinclair was getting game time, was being given minutes, but didn't do enough. Well, he just seemed to drop off a little bit, didn't he? After the after the season before, the last six games, what he scored three goals or something, and he can always get a free kick. You know, whenever somebody tackles him, it can nip by them and the free kick's there and whatever. But it just didn't, you know, he said it himself in his last interview. He said we're a little bit disappointed in how he performed. Mm. And I think he'll, you know, he'll go somewhere else and come good like Keaton Ward. I thought Keaton Ward had got glimpses of looking class in the middle of the park, spraying the ball, especially also when he played in the under-23s. But just to revert back to what we were saying before, Craig, Nigel Clough, the... the Apart from uh, Longstaff, he brought three players in who he knew. And I think that's the crux of the matter here. He actually knew what he was getting. Now, whether they performed to his standard or not is another thing. But he actually knew what he was getting. And, you know, if they're available, bring them in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's uh, have a little uh, break. Let's hear from Nigel Clough himself then and uh, find out what his final thoughts on the season were. Uh, Then we'll wrap up our thoughts on the season and turn our attention to the retain list. And still to come, we've got the Mansfield Matters end of season awards as well. Uh, So here's Nigel Clough speaking to I Follow Stags uh, earlier last week. I think a couple of days after the playoff final uh, as he shares his thoughts on uh, the season as a whole, the disappointment of the playoffs and where we fell short. Here's Nigel Clough. It's going to be there, I think, for um, quite some time. The huge disappointment that we all felt, you know, going into the game. With a lot of optimism uh, and hope, uh, and it all sort of dissipated within, what, 15 minutes spell in the first half. It feels like an almighty, I think there's a phrase used, kicking the uh, that uh, 
There's a reason. It's not just a phrase, you know. There's a reason that people say it because it hurts like hell when it happens. You curl up, you bent double, and then just gradually, you know, the, the pain goes away a little bit. The memory is always there of that kick, the overwhelming feeling that we've let everybody down that stays. I think what we have to take more is, is over the course of the season. We fell at the final hurdle that one game. And even just the 15 minute spell in that one game. But we have to take what we've done since sort of October. Won as many games as most teams. I think there's only five teams in the country were more than us. We take all the positives from that. We finished seven points off the top of the league. Seven points, that's all from winning the league. And that's with a run where we didn't win for 14 games. So we know we're pretty close. We know we're not far away. So it's now a matter of really just putting that behind us and going again. We have no choice. Uh, we start the season in less than nine weeks. Uh, we need a few players in. So that starts straight away. Pre-season plans are pretty much in place, although we'll put it back a couple of days to give the lads a little bit more rest to allow for the disappointment for them to try and get over that. Physically and mentally, we have to get over it and we've got to be ready in, in less than nine weeks. We will, I think, when everybody slightly gets over it and we think, I'll tell you what, it's been a hell of a season. It has been. The highs and the lows have been out of proportion, I think, of even by footballing standards. But the highs of what we've done since October, you know, only losing, what, six league games, uh, getting to Wembley. And it's not just that, it's the manner, I think, in which we did it as well. What, 13 or 14 wins at home out of 16? It's absolutely remarkable. And we want to build on that. We, we have to build on it and go again. And that'll be the main message to the players when they come back. Come on, we had about 15 minutes, you know. Let's make sure that we're ready. What is it, July the 30th? Uh, ready for the season to start. Stags boss Nigel Clough speaking to iFollow. Stags, you can watch that full interview by heading to mansfieldtown.net forward slash iFollow. He said in there, aside from that 15 minutes, you know, it, it, it could have gone differently. Seven points off of winning the league in the end. And uh, I think you made a good point there in the middle, didn't you, Alan, about... Um, the amount of goals that we uh, that we scored. <laughs> Sorry, he got the microphone. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm talking. I, I know that was his talking. I'm having this microphone. I read somewhere that uh, some the there were four teams that only scored four goals. Uh, four teams scored more goals than Mansell. So you can't really complain. I know we didn't have the 20 goal a season. Oates only got 11, 12, whatever it was. Mm. But we had a good array of midfielders and other scorers playing, you know, that needed to step up to the plate, which they did. And to say we're fifth in line with the goals, I don't think it ended up too bad. No, it's, it certainly didn't. So uh, it's, it's, not, it's not a bad one. I think it's just defensively where we've sort of been a little bit soft at times as well. But talking of that, you know, Grimsby just scored uh, 2-1, so it looks like they'll be back in the league next year. Uh, shame. Um, also, because we'll miss out on promotion money for James Clark, but there you go. Um, let's go back to talking about John Joe O'Toole. I remember doing a little bit of a live with you, Clive, outside of Exeter's ground on the, the day that he signed. And, you know, I said, I'm really excited by the signing because I think it would be a positive one. And I was proved to be right. And, uh, you know, there's no coincidence that as soon as he started starting games, we completely started to turn around our campaign. He was what we missed. Yeah, I think uh, signing of the season twice, really. Signing him on uh, for the uh, non-contract period and then getting him to sign a contract after that. Um, it was a catalyst for the change in fortune. No question about that. Mm. And again, it didn't take an awful lot because when we go to these grounds like Exeter, we lost the game there. But when Inter done, they could have won that game. We were, we were a pretty good side on the day. Should have brought O'Toole on. I think so. He ran up and down the touchline a lot. He's trying to give uh, Clough a hint, but uh, he's been a splendid acquisition. And I'm, I mean, just it does throw argument against the, the the logic of older players aren't good purchasers. He's an old player, but he he brings an awful lot of experience with him. As does Perch. But what you have to recognise, 
they've only got so much left in the tank. If you look at um, Quinn, who was never expected to turn out 46 times a year and play 90 minutes on all those occasions. I mean, he, he did his best to get a rest period, didn't he, when he had a, a six-week sabbatical. <laughs> um, I still don't know what he did, but uh, he did it. Hello well. there, Stephen Quinn here. I'd like, I'd like a break. And the, uh, the, the point is we, we, we have a mixture at the moment of young and old, and I think every good team should have that. But you're right. I think that day back in Exeter, I didn't know who he was. You had to you had to inform me because I forget most things nowadays. I thought he was a jockey, but there you go. Um, but he, he turned out to be a great acquisition. <laughs> yeah, he certainly did, Alan. I think another point, a part of that was, uh, you know, the, the fact that he came in, played centre-half. And I remember sweating, actually, in January. We were talking about it, weren't we, about making sure he got tied on a, a longer-term deal because there were so many clubs sniffing after him. And I honestly think that... That was the key catalyst for me, keeping hold of John Joe O'Toole. And just begs the question, why on earth wasn't he bloody signed sooner? I think and also in one of the uh, commentaries or one of the interviews somewhere along the line, I think Nigel alluded to saying, you know, it was, he's one of the sort of players that you build a team around. You know, his quality, he's got the experience. Is Sometimes he can be a bit of a loose cannon, which was... So new poor weight. Come on, I love you. Doing WrestleMania 35 or whatever it was, but uh, you know he has been quality, and I think out of all the games that he's played, I've only really seen him have one pretty bad game, and that was at Wembley. Yeah, when I thought he was played out of position, slightly out of position. I'll say it. Until you played it, yeah, him out of position, son. Until he dropped back into defence and he looked a lot better with ten men. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Adam says not getting Tom Naylor was the biggest issue. Uh, was a big issue uh, than when we uh, required. I think not getting him in the summer cam did sort of set us back a little bit, but I think we've touched upon that a lot over the course of the season. I want to go back to something which Nigel Clough said in there, and this gives us a hope a little bit for next season. Seven points from winning the league. Seven points. And if you strip that down into games where we've drawn or, you know, uh, fallen foul of certain decisions, we'd get them easily and it gives us a lot of hope for next year but we can't gloss over the fact and this may be a controversial comment for me to say but I don't care, I'm going to say it anyway Nigel Clough has come out a lot this season and talked about refereeing decisions and, and things like that, none more so than Carlisle away I actually think that we're a little bit guilty ourselves of not being clinical enough because you look at some of those games. Carlisle, yes, we should have been 1-0 up at half-time. The goal is a goal. But before that goes in, we have three opportunities to score and waste them all. Wembley, 0-0. Clean throw on goal, Murphy. Should bury the header. Um, Northampton, a number of opportunities. I think every single game you can strip it back and say we have wasted so many chances. And yes, we may have fallen seven points short of winning the entire league. But we've also fallen way short of being clinical off. If we want to make those seven points up, what we have to do is be more ruthless. Yeah, you think even back to third game of the season, we should have battered Colchester. And then, fair enough, it's a, a refereeing decision. But the point is, it should have been more than 1-0 going into the 90th minute of that game. Bradford at home, 2-1 up. Shouldn't be throwing a 2-1 lead at home. Um Swindon away, another one. Shouldn't have lost that. Uh, Harrogate at home. If if Quinn and Clark don't lose their heads, you're looking at your experienced players to guide you and then they're going to do stupid, stupid things like that. 
I think Clark's is harsh, but Quinn, it's just stupidity. And I think that's, we've been the masters of our, our own downfall, either through stupid decisions that players have made, uh, whether that's uh, getting a sending off or giving away a free kick in a silly area. We concede a free kick in a dangerous area against Salford. We're punished. Don't forget, um, we're also two 0 up and, and riding easy at uh, Hartlepool. Yeah, yeah, that was disc- that was an absolute disgrace to throw that away in the manner we did. We looked so comfortable then. Masters of our own downfall, and and I think I, I think having a not got a, having a twenty goal striker it is one reason why we've not done as well this season. But I think the main thing is that we've been just defensively a bit a bit fragile. I think we've missed someone like Callum Gordon more than maybe people let on. And I think we rely maybe on players like James Perch too much. And that's nothing against Perchy. I just think that maybe we can't just, you can't just live and hope that Perch will bail us out or, or whatever. Mm. Cause when you've got someone like Ollie Hawkins or John Joe O'Toole, both bit of a loose cannon, everything can change in a split second. But yeah, North uh, Newport away. Hawkins gets involved with a scuffle. JJ gets sent off. We go and throw the game. Oh, sorry for JJ game. there though, because yeah, it was, well, Hawkins, it was Hawkins, Hawkins that started it, and JJ finished it. Yeah, he was back and finished it. He did. But the point is that we get ourselves into these situations, or we give away stupid goals, and that's what's cost us this season. How many games have we been leading and and throwing away points? That's exactly even, the point. Even, even Harrogate at home, we were one nil up and then lost three one. Yes, we had two players sent off stupidly, but. Still, we were 1-0 up at home against a Harrogate team that, fair enough, they were flying high at the start of the season, but soon tailed off. And we, co- we couldn't be losing this, those sort of games, especially at home. You don't want to be losing it. If it was away, you'd be like, yeah, whatever, we're away from home. But in front of your own fans, it's not what you want to be I'd doing. I'd like to go back to what I said at the beginning. We've not been hammered by anybody. The, the only game we've been taken to town was at Wembley. Mm. And we've thoroughly deserved to come away from that game with nothing. And that's what we got. And I don't really mind too much when you get beaten properly, as we were. I'd have been so much more upset if we'd have been playing well and had lost it through a, a difficult decision, maybe, or a bit of stupidity from one of the players. But on the day, the right team won. I think the other argument to that as well, Nathan, is the, the fact that we've, um, whilst we've not been battered, other than like the Port Vale game, like Clive says, we've also not battered anyone. We've played well in oh. in spells, and yeah. But I'm going to disagree. I'm going to, no, I'm going to disagree. I don't think we did batter Scunthorpe. We, yes, we score four goals, but we, we should have absolutely turned them into the we ground. Really got we should have, first gear yeah, for that game. We should have turned them into the. We should have absolutely turned them into the ground. We we should have come away, you know, seven eight goals, and that's where we've fallen short. But to say that only one game of this season we've scored more than two, we've won more than by more than two goals. That's poor. That's not good enough to go up. Well, it is and it isn't. I mean, you could go and win the other game 1-0 and it's good enough to go up. So, um, you know... Nah, nah, <laughs> not, is, not, not a chance. Saying, not a chance. The thing is, well, we, I mean, a few minutes ago we were saying that was only four teams that scored more goals than us. So, and, and what's for, for me, you, you <clears> flip it, you've got... We haven't had the 20-goal a season like, uh, you know, like, like Cam pointed out, which has cost us. However... We've had so many goals from midfield, which not every team has. You look at how many players we've actually had contributing. That's a good thing to have from defence and midfields to to help out. You need that in a promotion season. But when you've got, and I know he's done very well for a lot of the season, but when you've got a striker who has to play centre-back, and for a lot of season, 
Faz Rawson stayed on the bench, you know, with with a with a striker ahead of him. I'm saying no, I'd I'd rather play a traffic cone at centre half than Faz. Well, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not saying that was a wrong decision. I'm not, I'm not saying it's the wrong decision at all. But lovely lad, lovely bloke, but Christ. <laughs> but, it, but it just shows that we were clearly weak in that that department. You know, John Joe Tool obviously wanted to play midfield. You said that in his in in his uh, interviews, and I think I I think we had the intention of him going there at some point, but. We couldn't. He had to go back there. And I know even Perch came back and it still didn't change it too much. Well, I think stronger defence and you we yes, we still you know, you still might look at some games where you need uh, need more than one goal, but we would have seen a few more games out for me and that, that would have been the difference. So many more things to, to touch upon, but we need to move on and talk the retain list. There's one uh, two more things we will briefly touch upon. I'll go through some comments first. Um I'll come back to Simon's comments because that's a good point to talk about. Uh Darren says Johnson wasn't bothered all season. A bad apple in my opinion. Keaton Ward's release is the only disappointment in the retain list. We'll come on to the retain list in a little while as well. I think Aiden in the comments is definitely a secret spy, right? Because he keeps uh, failed this season and will fail next. Um, games in hand blew it. Wembley blew it. Same next season. Yeah, that's the spirit. I mean, if we Keep ever it need up, to son. replace Craig, then yeah. we know where we're no, going. No, I'm pessimistic. That's just fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> let's move on. Um, we talked James Perch briefly, Alan, uh, before we talk about the one final thing uh, as a whole this season and talk retain list. What an incredible thing for him you know I, I spoke to him after the Wembley final he was devastated I was devastated but you could see how much it meant to him to be able to walk his team out at Wembley Stadium considering well, the season he'd had he never thought he'd play again at one point that's it that's the whole point he never thought he was going to get that chance did he he thought he'd probably be sitting on the bench or helping the under 23s or helping Nigel wherever he could he was still out on the training ground helping out where he could but can I just go back to your point about Faz Rawson remember the two games that Faz Rawson played when he had to when he, him and Hewitt at defence who got man of the match both times as Rawson did. Who gave it, who gave the ball away on the edge of his own box and cost us a goal? Yeah. Well, we can all go. Who down didn't? That. Who didn't no, We can it. all go no, down no, no. that route where people have played bad or made bad pass or whatever. But I think Faz Rawson personally <laughs> Come on. Has, has had a bit of a raw deal. But to go back to the original point, yes, Perchi, uh, it, it's unbelievable what he's done, and I think I. They're on about uh, sorting out the contract for him, aren't they, for next year, mm. him and uh, Jordan Barry. And I hope he does stay and I hope he carries on playing, you know, for as long as he can because he's a quality player, but played in the right position, not right back. Yeah. He's, a, he's definitely not a right back in league. The stats say it all. Him and O'Toole at centre half with Hewitt right back and McLaughlin left back, best defence we've had all season. And you know what? When the, we went down to 10 men at Wembley and it was a back three with Hewitt, Perch and JJ. We've played brilliantly. Anyway, let's move on to the last point I want to make, Clive, and that is uh, Simon's comment. One thing that's pleased me this season is we've made Field Mill a fortress. As previous seasons, we haven't done that, uh, and we hope that it continues next season and improve our away form um, as well. Home form, incredible. Home support, incredible. Obviously, having that massive run of home games did help with that, but so important to make the One Course Stadium a place where teams did not want to come and play. Yes, absolutely true. I mean, after the Bradford game, I think it became that fortress. Um, but the atmosphere all season, winning, losing and drawing has been great. The fans have got nothing uh, to feel sorry about for their contribution towards this season. Home and away. I mean, we've we've been to most away games and the, the following has been excellent. But yeah, fortress feel mill. When it's, uh, when it's on form, it rocks. 
and it, it's uh, it's worth a few points each season. Yeah, it certainly is. Certainly been great to see it. Right, let's talk uh, retain list. So this was uh, released uh, last week. Uh, Mansfield Town can confirm its retain list following the conclusion of the 2021-22 uh, season. So retained and under contract for next year. Lucas Aikens, Kellen Gordon, Ollie Hawkins, Elliot Hewitt, George Lapsley, Owen Mason, Reese Oates and John Joe O'Toole. Options uh, triggered, uh, therefore staying with us next season. Ollie Clark, sorry, Nathan, uh, Jason Law, George Maris, Stephen McLaughlin and Kieran Wallace. Um, I want to talk about options trigger because obviously under contracts, under contracts anyway. Um, I think we've got a good core there with, with those in, in there. So glad that we've triggered the um, the clause on Kieran Wallace, Cam, because for me, if we did an award for underrated player of the, the, the season, I think he'd be right up there. I've been very, very impressed when he comes on, comes and sits in front of the back four, bops the ball about, wins his headers. I think he'll be a key player for us next year. He will. He's that player that a lot of teams want. It's just you stick on for the last 20 minutes, half an hour, when you're winning a game or or you're needing a goal and you just need someone to grab the game by the, the scruff of the neck. And I think, firstly, he needs to calm his temper down because my boy is going to get... You, you want to get bet on now. Kieran Wallace to be sent Come off. Come on, he's got the knack of doing the most violent foul and, <laughs> and convincing the referee the it was got away right. with it. Yes, yeah, yeah. fine. Never touched him, ref. I that. But um, no, he's a good player to have. <coughs> and I think that's maybe what we was lacking last season, where we were just throwing away leads mm. willy-nilly. Uh, and you just needed to grab the green by the, the scruff of the neck. And, and hopefully... Is worth keeping around because attacking wise, I don't think he'll bring much because of the sort of player he is, even though he sits in the midfield and everybody else in the midfield contributes. But that's where that the attack ports. starts. That's where the, exactly. the start is the buffer. Do you know what he is? He He's the Paul Digby. No, <laughs> bugger off. No, not happening. The interceptor. Far better than Digby. But, um, <laughs> Digby's another player though that was absolute trite for Mansfield buggers off and does alright he wasn't trite for us he was a good player he was, he was right good. let's move but, on let's anyway, go on. he's the sort of player grabs a game by the scuff of the neck wins the ball back and then gets the goal, ball moving and, and just that <clears> just like motion and just getting the team forward is, is what you need you can't just let the ball get back to the defence because then you've got to get the ball too far forward stop the play in the middle of the pitch you're not relying on your defensive much, and that's where we've slipped up. We've re- relied on our defence far too much, and that's where the mistakes have come. Uh, let's talk about um, Jason Law, Alan. Um, in fact, no, Clav, I'll come to you, sorry. Um, because, no, there's a reason for it. Because, <laughs> no, because, do one, get out. <laughs> Yellow card, not coming around again. Um, Player with a lot of promise, and we were speaking, weren't we, in the watching the under twenty three semi final. We were speaking to the assistant manager. Who is the assistant manager, by the way? Anyone know? Anyone know who the assistant manager is? Assistant, assistant. Crosby. There, there you go. There you go. That's one you might you do actually know some stuff. And he was absolutely raving about Jason Law, wasn't he? And I, I'm delighted to see that we've we've triggered an option on him. I think he's a really, really good young player. He'll probably go out on loan for the first half of next season, but a real talent. And when he's when he's come on, he's he's influenced. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't make more appearances this season. Um, I'm probably disappointed for the lad. Mm. Um, but I think he's he's one for the future. And I don't mean the long future. I think he should do well next season if he's playing for mm. us. If he's not, he'll be working very hard for somebody else. Mm. But yeah, he, he, he's well thought of at the club. Otherwise, they wouldn't have kept him on. 
Yeah, very, very uh, talented young player. Uh, Alan, I will come to you this time. In fact, no, Nath, I'll come to you. Um, Kel Gordon, um, he'll be like a, a new a new signing next year, won't he? Yep, he's all right. Alan, <laughs> oh, come back to you. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, even Kel Gordon, remember at the first, uh, first half of the season, he had a few mistakes in him. That he did, you know, with the bank passes or miss miss headers or you know free kicks just outside. But he is one for the future, in my opinion. I do like him marauding down the right, but I also like Elliot Hewitt. So it'll be interesting who gets the shout there. But as regards Jason Lord, do you think he could be the new Ryan Sturk? Yeah, if he doesn't come back. Yeah, I, I don't that see type Sturk of player, back. isn't he? You know, given the chance, I think it could be the new Ryan Sturk. Interesting to see back towards the back end of the season as well. That Sturk didn't really feature much. He sort of tailed off um, and he, see, you know, seemed to prefer other players uh, in there. Uh, contract discussions underway with Jordan Barry, James Perch and Stephen Quinn. Imperative, Clive, that we sign all three of those and those contracts get, get, get tied up. Three very experienced positions through the spine of your team. Yeah, if we can get those locked in, then we're only really looking for probably another three players. Mm. And that makes a big difference going forward. Because the more you've got to recruit, the more chance you've got to recruit poorly, as we've already discussed. Mm. So, yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, loans uh, expired, of course. Nathan Bishop, Matty Longstaff, Jamie Murphy and Ryan Sturk. And, of course, Clive's favourite, Richard Narty, whose registration still was open with us and we could have had him Can to I the end of the season. Can I number 44, right? The guy has got to be seen as our marquee loanee for the season. Um, <laughs> is that an award? Are we having yeah. that as an award? Well, I mean, the point is, he, he came from, you know, he's got great background of coming from a premiership club and well thought of as well. And to come down to League Two, it was inevitable he was going to get a lot of play. And I guess that's even expected or demanded of him from mm. his parent club. I thought the second half of his time with us, he looked a bit lazy. Mm. I'm probably being unfair. But I thought he looked. He, I he felt he didn't really fit into how we played then. When he first came in, he fitted into yeah, our system, I think and he as it went on, possibly yeah. he looked to miss that vital foot well, at the end of it, didn't he? That last bit. He was coming into Mansfield cold. He was very much. It's cold in Newcastle, you know that, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I know. But he was even. He would have been even yeah. colder on <laughs> even colder on bench at Aberdeen. But yeah, yeah I, what was he? He only played five goal uh, five games. It, what he did us, well, and, and it, I think it reinforced his value was that he took some opportunities goals very well. Other than that, I didn't think he was any improvement over the midfield team we'd got. I know. I've, yeah, I know. What's he confused he about? The clue was when I said 44. Did you not get that? No, I didn't know what number. <laughs> you seem to be in love with Narty. So. It did start the sentence Nate, about Narty, to be fair. So. Nate wouldn't see his number, so what's the matter? <laughs> yes, yes, but that's, that's blindness. Uh, Nathan, I will come to you. Um, you know, Talk about another Nathan, Nathan Bishop. Um, he'll be a huge miss for us. Nigel Clough says, hopeful of trying to get him back next year, but Manchester United will want him to go one step higher. For me, I think he's a very, very good keeper. He's done really well for us this season, but I want us to go and try and get an experienced shot stopper now. I think that's a li- we've lacked a little bit of experience in leadership between the sticks at times. Great shot stopper. We just need a little bit more now up top. And I think you, you know, it's good getting a player the likes of you know from Manchester United. Obviously, you're only going to get them on loan, but I think it's also good to get a player, you know, keeper in permanently. You know, one that's here for two or three years, mm. who's like I say maybe with a bit a bit of experience behind them. With a young player, you know, alongside him to, to push him. I think Owen Mason will do that next year. I think he'll be higher up in the ranks. He's very been very very well thought of. But if we could get him back, you know, it does sound like the club's going to do what they can to try and get him back. And by the sounds of it, Bishop 
you know, he's trying to sell it, sell it, isn't he, by saying he's played fifty odd games this season, like he might not have got elsewhere. Um, you know, and he's training against Seamus, training with Seamus, 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 I think they're trying to sell it to Man United, but ultimately they'll, they'll decide if it's League One he's going to go to. Then, regardless, anyway, I think we've got to bring one or one or you know or, or even two in. So, uh, but yeah, it's a very difficult job. I think, I think to get a goalkeeper, I think out there, you look at Aidan Stone. A lot of people didn't think he was uh, good enough for us, and he's just gone and got promoted to League One. So. Rumored uh, to be moving to a Championship club as well. I mean, I don't know if he's that good, but <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. there to be made. Can I, can I just make one comment? You know, when Nigel, if Nigel can't get Bishop, can he go out and look for somebody who can come out and claim the ball? Not this shot stopper business, because, I mean, anybody can be a good shot stopper. We've had Conrad Logan. He was a good shot stopper. We haven't had somebody who can come out and claim the ball since Alan Marriott. No, it's like, I, thought Bobby did, I thought Bobby did that well. God, I'm going to throw a name into the hat. Apparently, we're linked with Scott, Scott Flinders. I'd like us to go and if I want to talk keepers I'd like us to go and try and get the lad from Northampton Clive yeah I was going to say the Northampton the Northampton keepers the best I've seen in, in League 2 he's not coming yeah. back to League 2 well no I, I think you're probably right but I, I, was, I was asked a question would yeah. I yeah. Yeah. of course I'd that's the way this works I ask questions they answer it yeah I'll say he's yeah so he's tell you, what, you ask me a question I'll answer his yeah alright yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it that way that's, yeah. we'll change the podcast format next year we'll do that as, uh, as a contract, the most clean sheets in League Two this season. Yeah, yeah. Not, best, they've had the best defense this season as well, and uh, you know, that, chance that. Nah, you never know. Money may talk. You never know what might happen. Uh, also, as well, uh, release Josh Scott, uh, Marek Steck, Farron Rawson. No doubt they'll pick Ooh. up clubs elsewhere. Um, Steck, legend. Brilliant, best, phenomenal attitude, brilliant, excellent stuff. Um, and of course, available for t- transfer, Danny Johnson. We'll talk more about can teams. Get, just say, can we get Stecky in um, the way end for one Sam, game? Sammy the Stag for next season. Yeah, absolute cheerleader. Where's that Stag been this season? Oh, no. I want clubs, sort it out. Well, no, it's, it's been there. Where is he? It's been there every now and again, but there you go. Right, it's time to talk uh, awards now and get some of uh, some. Uh, of our award winners uh, announced for you. Um, of course, we'll um, yeah get some of those award winners. So, you guys have been voting for the Mansfield Matters End of Season Awards. It's time to reveal who has uh, won. We did a shortlist a few weeks ago, and here are the winners. Um, and I'm sure Nathan will give them a coveted tweet in, uh, in about four days' time when it can be asked. Uh, so, the player of the season... Nominees were John Joe O'Toole, James Perch, Elliot Hewitt, Reese Oates, Stephen Quinn, and Stephen McLaughlin. Any guesses, Clive, on who won it? Oates. Yeah. Again for Macca. The winner was indeed Stephen McLaughlin with uh, 68.2% of the vote. That's convincing, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely ran away with it. Uh, signing of the season, uh, the nominees were Reese Oates, John Joe O'Toole, Ryan Sturk, Ollie Hawkins, Nathan Bishop, and Stephen Quinn. Don't forget, of course, these were all merged together from a shortlist. Uh, the winner with 45.5% of the votes, John Joe O'Toole. Uh, Loney of the season, uh, Richard Narty, Clive picked this, uh, Matty Longstaff and Nathan Bishop. Um, Richard Narty received one vote, Clive. I'm just uh, just wondering if that was um, that, that was you. 
I thought it was a bit unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, the runaway winner was uh, with uh, 87.9% of the vote was uh, Nathan Bishop. Goal of the season. Oates versus Colchester at home. Lapsley's first at Doncaster away. Murphy at home against Crawley. Lapsley second at Doncaster. Uh, Quinn at Scunthorpe away. And Lapsley versus Hartlepool away. Clive, you're saying... My personal choice was Lapsley second. Alan? Yeah, Oates versus Colchester. Nathan? Lapsley second. The winner, with 60% of the vote, 60.6% to be accurate was Reese Oates against Colchester at home. Great line of commentary as well, I thought, on that one from me. It's Reese Oates and it's magic. Um, that's my favourite line of commentary from this year. Uh, game of the season, there's been plenty of these. These were, of course, before the playoffs, by the way, which is why we didn't um, include any of the playoff games in there. Uh, Doncaster in the FA Cup, Exeter at home, Oldham away, Hartlepool at home, Sunderland away, Bradford away and Middlesbrough at home. The winner with third with uh, 51.5% of the vote was... Alan, any guesses? Donny, I would imagine Donny away, but I preferred Exeter at home. It so was that's, that's me. Doncaster away. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, yeah, Nathan, why are you doing that? Why, 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 why are you doing that? Oh, didn't. Never mind. Well, this season as well. That's very... Very, very true. Uh, unsung hero of the season. The nominees were Bobby the Dog. No explanation needed. The fans for making some fantastic memories post-pandemic. The ticket office staff for excellent work against uh, the odds uh, of a horrific ticketing system. Elliot Hewitt from not tackling his mate to a solid choice at right back. And Marek Steck for a phenomenal attitude towards uh, throughout despite not playing a single second. The winner... Marek might take some beating. Yeah, Marek Steck with 45.5% of the vote. Um, And it was in second place, just uh, was uh, the fans. Uh, Moment of the season. uh, That first game back after so long stuck at home. The away support at Doncaster, that noise. Reese solo goal against Colchester. Lapsley's second goal against Doncaster. Oldham away, the last minute winner. (laughs) Scunthorpe's groundsman. Well, you're not old him either. Don't you don't have your mitts. You don't have your mitts on him as well. Oh, of course you did, yeah. <laughs> uh, Purchase comeback header. Um, the the rule where Mans- the Mansfield Bourne defender headed his first ball after his fractured skull and injury. Still makes me cry thinking about it. And 11 home wins on the spin. The winner was 11 home wins on the spin. Yeah. Uh, best away experience um, Northampton. Hartlepool, Warsaw, Sunderland, or... Um... Does that mean Doncaster? Oh, so... <laughs> Nath, who won? I mean, all of them should have been up there, but I'm guessing it's Doncaster. Yeah, ran away with it. 80.3% of the vote. Uh, most improved player. Uh, the nominees were Ryan Sturt, Jordan Barry, and Elliot Hewitt. The, uh, the winner, Clive, was... It was Elliot Hewitt. What a season he's had, by the way. He's, uh, have a word on Elliot Hewitt. Zero to hero. Absolutely. Be more pleased. Uh, Clive and Allen's SSA trip of the season. Uh, you're gonna have to remind us of the, the reasons for these. Uh, Alan Warsaw, yeah, it, we got there quite early, and uh, everybody normally goes over to the other side of the road where there's a hotel where you go for a drink, apparently. And uh, it was the, one of these 10 hotels that anybody could go with the COVID, you know, they've got to stop this, so we got nowhere to go. 
and that we got there pretty early as you do normally do with the ssa and nowhere was open so but, but the camaraderie craig and the banter that was flying about from all the fans it was just so memorable it really was uh the other one was carlisle clive yeah i had a great day at carlisle i i like going to carlisle anyway and uh, was that was that Alan's bouncing balls that game? When was when did so we What you two get up to in the sanctum of your own home? When did you do the bingo on the coach? Tram me, yeah, I was I was looking after his balls for that. <laughs> uh, and the third one was Exeter as well. Uh, the winner with thirty nine percent of the vote was Carlisle. So there you oh, go. Well um, okay, the comfortable award now, the final award. It is podcaster of the season. Okay. The nominees were obviously Simon, who's still a part of the group. We saw him at uh, Stag Stories Live. Um, yeah, it was nice to see him. Uh, Alan, uh, Clive, both joined us this series. Cam, Nathan, and of course yours truly. The winner with 47% of the vote is... Nathan, who do you think it is? Who would, who would, you, who would your vote? You can't vote for yourself. Who are you voting for? Cam? Not included. Alan? Uh, Clive, who are you, you voting for? Who would you, your vote have been for? Um, it would go to Alan, I think. The winner. And quite bloody rightly so as well as me! Right, no, yeah. no, 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 we, we need the rest of it. We need the rest of it now. 47, 47% of the vote. Um, we need the rest of it. No, 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 no. Who came second, third, fourth, fifth? Come on. I'm not telling you that. Come on. Just, just skip the fifth, won't you? Yeah. Skip fourth or fifth. Do you want to know who came last out of all of us five? Is no, that what you want to know? Just do top three. So we don't know, we don't know who came last or second last then. Yeah, just do it, just do it. Come on, we want to know, we want to know, we want to know. Just tell him for goodness. No! <laughs> and any other business, which is your guys, um, your your guys' comments as well. Um, thanks to whoever wrote this. Craig is the best. Keep up the hard work. It's appreciated. Suck up. Yeah. Uh, uh, Thanks. Thanks, it's been a great season. I like uh, Clive's feet on the ground comments, but Alan's comments are fantastic for me. The proper local accent, the nous, and the simple humility. I could listen to his comments all day. Bloody fantastic. Um, <laughs> uh, brilliant for us exiled Stags fans who go to work or down the pub to talk all, all things Stags. This makes us feel back at home again. Keep up the, the great work. Uh, come on, you Stags. Thanks for your effort in putting into running the podcast. It's also top class and very professionally done. You might not be saying that in a second. In a second, um, I feel like this comment has come from Nathan Edge. Should be minus one point for incorrectly guessing a goal scorer who doesn't score in podcast predictions. I feel like that's from you. I mean, whoever it is, it's spot on. <laughs> I don't know. They're anonymous comments, so it's definitely from you, that. Well, I've clearly sat here. You know, not on my phone, so... <laughs> yeah, but you could have done this at any point. Yeah, I've got the Russian box on it, so. Yeah, there you go. Uh, don't stop these shows. Really look forward to the podcast. Love the podcast. Love the banter. Keep it going next season. Thank you for all your effort that you put in uh, into the season. Will we be back next season? Will we be back next season? Uh, yeah, of course we will, because Mansfield always matters, but... One of these four podcasters will not be back next season because it is time for the end of season podcast quiz. You and as we and as we as we know, I'm going now. The winner, fired. The winner 
gets to stay on the podcast for another series, the loser a bit nice. has to go. Now, there is a prize up for grabs. There are biscuits. This is us having a little bit of fun, by the way. You can play along at home if you want to. Uh, custard creams are the prizes. Up, yeah. <sighs> well, it's just, that's just shocking. Now, shocking. this is the first time we've had a five doing this for a while. And last year, it had to be virtual, of course, so it was easy to do it independently. I'm going to give you the option to vote now. Would you like to play as a team? Well, I'll split you up into one young and one old, or would you like to play against each other? Uh, Clive, against or a team? I'd like somebody really clever on my team. So you want it you want it as teams, yeah? Yes, Alan, team team or team game. Team or solo, team game. Cam, solo or team. I'll make the final decision if it's a draw, by the way. Solo. Nathan, solo or team? Solo. Oh, oh there we go! <laughs> Knew it had to do you, know, do you know what? Had to. Do you know what? Anyway, they always public vote. I can hear it. Do you know what? I'm gonna make. I'm gonna. I'm gonna flip a coin. I'm not making it. Yeah. All right, it's solo. We're playing solo. We're playing solo. Right. So, so you won't. Um, uh, there's a uh, Cam. If you keep the microphone, you can. Uh, Clive, you keep hold of that one. Cam, you go between Alan and uh, Nathan for comments. Uh, there's your bit of paper. There's some pen there. Uh, Nathan, what are you going to use? You're going to use your. <laughs> really? All right. This would be fucking hilarious, but. <laughs> I mean, if you want a bit of paper, mate, I'll give you a bit of paper. Yeah, there Don't you go. Forget, if you want to play along, um, <laughs> this will be quite don't funny. Put your answers in the comments. Yeah. Answers don't go in the comments. Write them down and then let us know after how many Do you, do you actually you genuinely want a pen? Do you want to, do you want to try right? Do you want to try this? But you can't even... But you can't see the... Pe- the benefits office will be on you. For, for, all, all, our, say, for any- all our listeners, my mobile number is 07702. <laughs> so just listen. If anybody's listening and wants to sponsor us so we can do things properly, please do, because this is a bloody shambles. This is not a shambles. I can't believe Nathan's actually going to try and write things. This is shocking. Oh, my God! I mean, he's not straight, but... As a decent How player. has he done that? Well, he's better handwriting than me. Right, so there you go. Blind, blind Stag has written his... Uh, he's, he's written Blind Stag on the piece of paper, so we st- we've started. Right, um, here we go then. If you want to play along, play along at home uh, on a piece of paper if you wish to do so. Please, as Cam said, do not write anything in the comments. There are 12 questions in this quiz. Bonus uh, points to be won as well. Let's crack straight on. Question one. How many loanees were used this season? And for a bonus point, name each individual one. So how many loanees? Would you like a clipboard, Clive, to lean on? You don't know? I mean, you, you, you can have some, do you want something, something to lean on? Uh, Alan, you can pull yourself forward and uh, use the table if you want. Uh, Cam, you can as well. Um, how many loanees were used this season? And for a bonus point, name them all. Are you looking fake looking over for? Good luck trying to read this cam, by the way, at the end. You've got to verify his answers. I'll give you a couple of seconds on that. Can I just borrow that pen a minute? He stole my pen. I can't answer my questions. Yeah, I may have forgot someone. This is shocking. 
Ashley forgot someone. Shock. Question one, I forgot the answer. Shocking. Shocking. Give us a nod when you're done and you're ready. Oh my jeez. Oh my days. Are you sure you don't want to do this on your phone? Alright, fair enough. Oh dear. <laughs> this is brilliant. Oh dear. Right. Alan, ready? Cam, ready? I'm ready. Well, I'll read the next question anyway. Uh, other than Captain Ollie Clark, who has started the most games as captain? Other than Captain Ollie Clark, who has started the most games as captain? Wouldn't be naughty, would it? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Other than Captain Ollie Clark, who has started the most games as captain? Uh, for a bonus point, how many games has Ollie Clark captained? <laughs> Knew you were going to say that, Nathan. It's like you've got something can against him. Can we? Right. Whoever gets the nearest, can they get a point? Uh, if nobody gets it right, yes. Sad. Nobody gets it right, I'll allow um, an extra point, yeah. I'm trying to play some more background music in the back, but it's not, the stream's not letting me, so I apologise for the awkward times, yeah. Um, question number three. According to statistics provided from whoscored.com, how many cards were shown to Stags players this season in all competitions? Too bloody many. Stop getting booked. <laughs> but I mean, oh, well, it's 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 funny because that's question four. Um, question four: Who was the worst yellow card offender? So, question three: According to WhoScored.com statistics provided by them, how many cards were shown to Stags players this season? In all competitions. And question four. Who was the worst yellow card offender? Give us a nod when you're ready for question number five. Yeah. Alan. Are you sure you don't want to lean on the table, Cam? Because you can barely read I'm what good. you've written there. Wow. I can read it, so it's important. Okay. Uh, question five. Based on minutes played in the Football League only, name the top five players who spent the most minutes on the pitch for one point each. You don't have to be in the right order. They've just got to be uh, in there. So, top five players for minutes on the pitch this season in the Football League only, please. Football League only. Um, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, so that's question five. I'll give you a couple of seconds uh, on that one. Uh, whilst they're thinking, again, many thanks to you guys at home for, for watching, for listening this season. Uh, this will be our last live show for a while, but we will be back uh, during the close season with our much-awaited Stag Stories, the glory of the Amber Generation series. Got some great episodes coming up uh, for uh, for that as well. Um, starting with a double drop this weekend. Two episodes for you dropping this weekend. Ready for number six? Uh, number six... Who takes the crown as the most used sub in all competitions? Who takes the crown as the most used sub? Here's question number six. Question number seven. You're going to say something, Cam. Go on. You, you sort of. You, you, you... I'm trying to think who's sponsored by Billy the Cockapoo. <laughs> Gwyneth. 
Well, there you go. Uh, it's whoever replaces Quinn after about 70 minutes every game. Uh, question number six of... This is unfair. Think, think, cast your mind back. Who's been, I'll stop, let me reword the question for, for Alan. Who takes the crown as the most exchanged player this season? <laughs> <laughs> question number seven. Whose favourite biscuit is a custard cream? If you've got a favourite biscuit, tell me now. If you've got a favourite biscuit, tell me now. I can't remember the words of that one. Custard cream or Jaffa, bourbon or digestive. If you've got a favourite biscuit, tell me now. Question eight, please. Question eight. Who is the Stag's assistant manager? Who is the Stag's assistant manager? <laughs> yeah, never there. Question nine. nine. After this one, mate, you want to turn your piece of paper? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, not yet. You got a space for this one. Space for this one. Question nine: Which game was postponed in December, abandoned in January, and then lost in April? Which game was postponed in December, abandoned in January, and then lost in April? Can I just say, there's a, I've got one here that I know. Hey! Go on, Clive. Well done. All I'm going to say about that is, I've been to this ground three times now. I've only ever seen one completed game once. Yeah, it wasn't a great day. Well, it wasn't a great day for me, that, either. <laughs> um, question 10. I know. How many games were, spo- were How many games were postponed, and what were the reasons for each? One point each. How many games were postponed and what were the reasons for each? I can give you a clue. Four of them have the same reason. (laughs) Shouldn't have given you that clue, but I was feeling generous. So there you go. Yes, question number 10. How many games were postponed and what were the reasons for each? Question nine, if you missed it, what game was postponed in December, abandoned in January, and then lost in April? Yeah. Uh, well, no, you can just the number and the reasons if you want. Yeah, number and the reasons will do. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, no, we've got uh, two more questions. Uh, question 11. Which victory equaled the club record for home wins. Which victory equaled the club record for home wins? Yeah, see, yeah, see, after you thought I was going to go for for broke, no, it was equaled. Oh, it's not the one I'm thinking of then. Um, for a bonus point, I'll give you the scoreline as well. Not goal scorers though, because I don't know if I'm top of my head. And you call yourself a fan. Shopping. Yeah, whatever. Question 12, please. Uh, question 12, final question. In the abandoned Forest Green game, in the abandoned Forest Green game, which played four minutes, one point each to name the starting lineup oh, from that game. That's ridiculous. No, it's not ridiculous. It's a question. There's always a joke question. In that's not a joke question. I think that's a very valid question. Uh, it's not a joke question. It's, it's a joke of a question. Yeah. my point. Yeah. I slightly disagree. So uh, let me run through the questions for you for those who missed them whilst uh, everyone 
uh, scampers any last minute answers down. Question one, how many loanies were used? Bonus points to name them. Question two, other than Captain Ollie Clark, who started the most games as captain? And uh, for a bonus point on that, how many games has Ollie Clark actually captained? Question three, according to whoscored.com statistics, how many cards were shown to Stags players this season in all competitions? Question four, on the back of that, who had the worst yellow card uh, offender? Who was the worst yellow card offender? Question five, based on minutes played in the Football League only, name the top five players who spent the most minutes on the pitch. One point for each. Question number six was, who takes the crown as the most used sub? Or, for Alan's benefit, who takes the crown as the most exchanged player? Question seven, whose favourite biscuit is a custard cream? Question eight, who is the Stags assistant manager? Question nine, which game was postponed in December, abandoned in January and then lost in April? Question 10, how many games were postponed and what were the reasons for each? One point each. Uh, Question 11, which victory equaled the club record for home wins? And question 12, in the abandoned Forest Green game, what was the starting line at one point for each? I do have a tiebreaker question if anybody is tied on points. Okay, right. Um, What we're going to do, is we are, um, we'll let you mark your own. We'll check them afterwards um, and we'll go round as, as all uh, for some of the questions and get some of the answers. Uh, Cam, good luck. You've got to read some of Nathan's scroll if Nathan can't remember what he's written. Uh, right, let's start with question one. Uh, and we'll start with Clive, since you've got the microphone in your hand. How many loanies were used? I've got this wrong because I've said five. Okay, Alan, any guesses? You've got eight, eight yeah. Uh, Nathan? I can't remember. Seven, I think I've gone for. Well, I know it's more. Yeah, Nathan put seven. Cam? Uh, I've put six. One person in the room has got it right. And and that person is Nathan Edge. Okay, so as you're the person that's right, you got seven right. But can you get yourself an additional seven bonus points here? Remember, you need to keep track of your scores as well. Yeah. Um, so, can you need to do this for, for Nathan as well? Let's see if can... <laughs> uh, yeah, just shut up. Just <sighs> right. Am I going for naming them all? Yeah. Bishop. Correct. Yeah. Burke. Incorrect. Sterk. Sterkle. Yeah, you're at Burke. Mm. Oh, so I've gone seven. I've got one wrong. Incorrect. Oh, bugger. Never mind then. No bonus points for me. No, you get a bonus point. One per each. Oh, one, yeah. Yeah. Right, uh, Mikey. Um, Stirk. Yep. Uh, Longstaff. Yep. Murphy. Yep. Um, who else did I go for? Yeah. Naughty. Yep. Naughty. Uh, Will Forrester. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, so there's one missing that I can't yeah. think of. It was the one I forgot. George Shelby. Ah. I got that. Yeah, well done, Clive. Well done, Clive. Uh, Alan, do you want to take the microphone from the middle and then you can uh, just hold it to, to Clive's lips when he talks? And uh, and then if you do this, uh, Cam, if you give the microphone back to Nathan. Yeah, because I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to try and help you. Uh, and then if you just lean it towards Cam when Cam speaks, uh, Alan, if that's all right as well, you can be the microphone no flipper. Um, so, for clarity, seven loanies, Bishop, Sturk, Longstaff, Murphy, Forrester, Narty, and Shelby. Question two, other than skipper Ollie Clark, who has started more games, the most games, as captain? Alan? I would say Hawkins. Uh, any advances on Hawkins? Anyone not have Hawkins? Uh, I've got McLaughlin. Uh, Clive? Macca. Macca. 
Uh, Nathan? Uh, you're all wrong. It's Perch. Yeah, Perch. Yeah, Perch, 11 games. McLaughlin, 7. Hawkins, 6. James Clark, 3. All the EFL Trophy games. And Stephen Quinn, 1. Um, and for the bonus point, how many uh, games has Ollie Clark captained? It's 28. Unlucky. Oh, uh, question 3, according to... St- oh, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. Oh, right, I said too many. That's 28 too many. Behave. Right, so what did you write, what did you write down, Clive, for 19, 19 Alan? Right, yeah. Nate said 41, I said 29. Uh, Cam gets the bonus point, then you're the closest. Well done, Cam. Uh, I did not put 41. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy doing podcasts this year, now I'm gone. Um, according to stats from who's question three, uh, according to uh, statistics from whoscored.com, how many cards were shown to Stags players this season in all competitions? The answer was 95 yellows and eight red. Um, yeah, 95 yellow cards and uh, and eight red cards uh, were shown. Yeah, one out, one out unlucky. Uh, and question four, who was the worst yellow card offender? It was Holly Hawkins with 13 yellows and, of course, one red. Uh, if you allowed him to have the nearest to the right answer, because no one got it right, what about how many cards then? Uh, go on, then. Go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah go I got on. One, I got 102 instead of 103. I think that's close, isn't it? That's impressive. No, yeah, no, yeah, no. Have a, yeah, yeah. I'll have a yeah, point, thank yeah, you. Yeah, have a point for that. There you go. Um, question five. Based on minutes played in the Football League only, name the top five players who spent the most minutes on the pitch. Nathan, do you want to have a guess at the, uh, guess at the five? Well, uh, Glass and close to the lips, please. There you go. Uh, Bishop. Yep. Macca. Yep. Quinn. Yes. Hawkins. Yes. And Reese Oates. Oh, so close. Correct. Yeah. Uh, the five were, so you got one point for each. One point for each. Uh, Bishop, McLaughlin, Hewitt, Hawkins and Quinn. And of course, the person who played the most, you get no points for this, was uh, Bishop. 4,410 minutes. McLaughlin, 3,928. Elliot Hewitt, 3,680. Hawkins, 3,623. And Quinn, 3,183. So, Nace doesn't get a point for Quinn. No. Oh, right, yes, he, he does. He didn't, he didn't say Quinn on his sheet. Right, what's he put on his sheet? He put Bishop, Macca, Hawkins, Hewitt and Oates. So, he gets four points. But yeah. <laughs> how did you do that? I have no idea. Well, there you go, Bob. Right, just mark down what's written on his sheet. Question six. Alan, this one's your question. Who takes the crown as the most exchange player this season? Well, I've got Barry. And you are correct. It was Jordan Barry with 17. Well done. Uh, Whose favourite biscuit is the prize for this quiz? A custard cream? Uh, Clive. Barry. Alan. I've got Barry. Cam. I put O'Toole. Nathan. I went for O'Toole, but I think it is Barry. It's neither O'Toole nor Barry. It's Matty Longstaff who has the favourite uh, biscuit. O'Toole's is a chocolate hobnob. Uh, Barry's is a chocolate digestive with a cup of tea. Very specific was Jordan Barry in the best question of the season. Uh, got to press on because we're doing Nando's in 10 minutes. Uh, question number... What am I on? Question eight. Who's the state's assistant manager? Gary Crosby is the answer. Uh, question nine. Which game was postponed in December, abandoned in January, and then lost in April? It was Forest Green away. Uh, 
Uh, it, you must have written down Forest Green away and not just Forest Green. I will be a stickler on the rules because it was not for because. So, so there you go. I think that's just annoyed Alan. <laughs> um, <laughs> question number ten: How many games were postponed, and what were the reasons for each? The number of games postponed were five. The reasons: COVID, 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 FA Cup. Oh. So, COVID and FA Cup. Did anybody write down any of the teams, by the way? Right, Clive, I microphone, did, yeah. please, to Clive. Microphone, please. Uh, Some of them. I've got F- FGR for fog and for COVID. Yes. Uh, Stephen is COVID. Yes. Special, special type of COVID. Yeah, is. yeah. Hartlepool, the FA Cup. Yeah. And somebody else for COVID. I couldn't remember the club name. Uh, the answers were Forest Green away, uh, COVID, 18th of December, because uh, the second game was abandoned, not postponed. Um, Harrogate away on the 29th of December COVID uh, Rochdale on the 1st of uh, Jan COVID ah. uh, Hartlepool away they were in the FA Cup and Stevenage at home Steve Evans COVID uh, Question 11 which victory equaled the club record for home wins the answer was Exeter at home 2-1 if you got 2-1 I'll give you a bonus point for that as well Clive got that he's laughing it up now and the final one in the abandoned Forest Green game, so this is the fog fog gate on my birthday. Um, I know. What was the starting lineup? One point each. Bishop. Correct. Ro- it was Bishop, Rawson, Hawkins, O'Toole. I'll go slower for, for Clive. Bishop. Bishop, Rawson, Hawkins, O'Toole, Hewitt, Sturk, Maris. Quinn, McLaughlin, Bowery, and Oates. Okay. Was no Macca? Uh, yes, yeah, I Macca, yeah. Okay. Yep. Right, tot up your scores, please. And we're going to find out who was the winner. And I'd like what I'd like to do is write, write a score on the top of the paper and then hand your papers to me, please. So add up your total, just write total score and then your score. Don't let anybody else see it. Don't tell anyone else what you got. And we'll reveal who the winner was. Uh, I've got double to do, hang on. Yeah, you've got double to do. It's all good. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, very, very good. There we go. Surely you should get a bonus point if you answered that. I know. I think you double score for you, Nathan. Yeah. Cam, have you done yours? Yes. Where's your score written down? You might as well pass me that. Hang on. Okay. Just just give me yours and finish Nathan's off. Jesus Christ. Start with a three. Oh, dear. There you are. And Nathan's. Oh, dear. Nathan, 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 Nathan. <sighs> Me and you started this podcast five seasons ago. Put the microphone to his lips. <sighs> We've been friends for five years. Bye bye, Nathan. And I am absolutely gutted. <laughs> Go on, get out. <laughs> that out of the four of them, you have scored. The least, Nathan, 
scored 26. I, oh, I want to read down, though, because we've had Cam. <laughs> no VAR in this but one. But you were doing it blind. And with that point, we'll let you stay on for next season. No. <laughs> Stays on for next season. In third place, Cam by one point with 28. And in joint first place, which means we must have a tie break. Oh, jeez. God, it's us two. Clive and Alan on 29 each. Okay? So, I'm going to give you that pen back, Alan. I'm going to rip off this piece of paper. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, very quickly tear it. In. Oh, you've got another one there. Okay, right. Um, what I'd like to do is fold it in half, Clive, for me. Yeah, so right, we're going to get there. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. I want you to write, open your piece of paper up. Keep, don't let uh, the other person see it. Okay, and then you're going to pass it straight to me. Tiebreaker, round trip. To the nearest, how many miles have the stags travelled outside? Quiet, please. To the nearest, how many miles have the stags travelled outside of the 26 Football League away games that finished this season. Keys in the question. How many miles have the Stags travelled outside of the 26 Football League games that finished this season? Write your answer down on a bit of paper. Pass me a bit of paper. As quick as you can. We're doing Nando's in three minutes' time. And we've still got a five-minute outro to play. <laughs> Thank you, Clive. Sign the outro. The winner of the Mansfield Matters podcast end of season quiz is... I don't think Clive's very confident. <laughs> Alan Wilson! Yay! Clive wrote 3,333. Alan wrote 2,560. The answer was 1,202. I'm amazed at that. Doncaster in the FA Cup, Sunderland in the FA Cup, Harrogate in the Johnson's Paint Trophy, Northampton in the playoffs, Wembley, and of course the clue was in the question. Games that finished, we went to Forest Green when we didn't need to for, for four minutes of football, so that was I in there as well. Uh, final thoughts, we're going to make this, uh, oh yeah, Congratulations, there's your prize. There's your, there's your prize. Well done, sir. Alan, you get to stay. Clive, do you know what? You've been a good addition this year as well. You're coming back next year. Nathan, despite losing, I'll let you come back because you did win the prediction league, so that saved you. Cam, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Only joking, you can stay as well. Um, final thoughts on this season. Um, keep it brief. I want a five-word wrap-up on this season. Clive, I'll start with you. Five-word round-up on this season. Deserve to lose at Wembley. Didn't deserve to lose at Carlisle. Bit more than five words, but we'll let it slide. Alan, thank you for having me, Craig. Always a pleasure, Cam. Awesome. That it. <laughs> that literally it. Awesome. I don't know. Can we go there. to Nando's now, Nathan? Yeah, Already looking forward to next season. Onward. <laughs> Won't be a hyphen. For me, thanks so much for watching all season long. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a roller coaster ride. Really, really enjoyed it. There's only one way to end this season. That's by recapping on some of the best bits. This is the last goodbye. Nando's, we're coming to get you!
Here's Quinn, back wide he goes, low ball in the middle who steps in now finds Law Law low pass is it? Is it? one on one with the keeper Reece Oaks takes it round and Reece in what a ball from Jason Law Reece Oaks around the keeper back of the net 2-2 game on no tool low ball down the right hand side for Reece Oaks to the right of the area Oaks great ball, ball. great ball, ball. great ball, ball. And it's Jordan Barry who scores away to our right hand side with five minutes to go. All the stag substitutes are off the bench and on their feet. 30 seconds now remaining. Here is Oates on the edge of the box. Reese Oates turns, yes. shoots, yes. Yes. And yes. Yes. In it. yes, yes, and yes, 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 can he complete the switch to the right hand side for the advancing Hewitt? He can. Here is Hewitt, lines him across. First time it comes into Murphy. That is a superb goal from Mansfield Town. Over the top it goes from Longstaff. Here's Murphy to the left of the box. Murphy, can he find Quinn? Murphy in the area. Onto his left foot. Murphy! Makes it Mansfield Town 2! Northampton nil, Mansfield Town's number nine, right place, right time, no mistake. It's won immediately again by Gene Kennedy, who puts the ball back in towards the middle, headed away by McLaughlin. And now Mansfield can come away because it's Reese Oates in possession through the centre circle. Reese Oates battling forward to the edge of the box. It's Reese Oates! What a goal! What a goal! It's Reese Oates! And it is magic from Roadrunner Reese Oates, who split open Colchester United and sent three defenders. Ha! Watch this! Bang! 1-0! What a goal! What a great goal! Roadrunner! Beep beep! So there you have it, so many moments to cherish and remember. A season which may have ended in heartbreak, but one which gives us hope going into the next. The countdown begins for the 2022-2023 campaign, where Nigel Clough's men will quest for promotion again. Can they do it this time around, 10 years on from when Paul Cox's side won the conference again on the back of playoff party? Whatever happens, it's been an absolute pleasure to be with you week in, week out, right here on the Mansfield Matters podcast. From me and from all the boys on the panel, a massive, massive thank you for supporting the show all throughout the season. We've grown in numbers, we've grown in followers. It's been a fantastic journey to share with you all. The answer to the question on your lips is yes. We'll be back again next season. Don't worry though, we won't be going too far away because on the way over the next couple of weeks or so, we will bring you the Stag Stories, the glory of the Amber Generation series. Lots of episodes in there for you to get your teeth stuck into to remember the glory of 20 years ago, which will include that full video from Stag Stories Lives a few weeks ago as well. No live shows for a little bit though, we are going to take a bit of a break. We're all going off on holiday, not together because to be honest, I don't think we'll put with Cam for more than another 10 minutes or so uh, but we will be back uh, live with some uh, live stuff in the build up to the next season thanks for all your support this season and remember that no matter what whether it's heartache or joy Mansfield will always matter until next time goodbye thanks Craig Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. 
Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.